Hi, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. This is the place where you get to hear extraordinary stories of ordinary people and how God has nudged them to either do something or not do something in their life and what happened because of it. My name is Corey Freeman, and I just wanted to get these stories out there. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. Today, because it's right around Christmas when you guys are going to be getting this, I thought for those of you who have never heard the story of Christ, I would read it for you guys. And I thought, you know, it's probably good to reflect on that right now with the world focusing on toys and stuff and shopping and all the other stuff that goes along with this season. It's probably a really good reminder that we focus on what the true meaning of Christmas is, which is the birth of Christ. So I'm going to be in a book of the Bible called Luke. And if you're not familiar with Luke, it's what they call a gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospels, if you've ever heard of that. So if you are not familiar with that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell the story of Christ, but from a different perspective. And they overlap and they're all, they all, a lot of them have the same stories, but they're told in different ways. And Luke was a doctor. So he is very more, his book of the Bible is very logical and very factual as far as detailed. And then when you get into the gospel of John, John is more of a heartfelt story if you want to look at it that way. So John is more of a feeler. So his wording is more from the heart and more flowy, if you want to call it that. So a lot of times, if you have never read the Bible, one of the best books to start in is the book of John, because it is the story of Christ, but it has, it's just a wonderful book of the Bible. So if you have not read the Bible, John is a great place to start. But Luke was a doctor and he is writing this letter, which is the book of Luke. Luke is a letter written to Greeks. And in Luke verse three, it talks about it's being specifically written to a man named, I'm going to massacre this name if you're a theologian out there, but Theophilus, Theophilus, Theophilus. I think that's what it is. Theophilus. And so he says, so that you might know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. So it's going back and it's talking about in the days of Herod, there was a certain priest named Zacharias and he had a wife and her name was Elizabeth and they were both righteous and they had no child because Elizabeth could not have children and they were both advanced in years. So Then it goes into verse 11 and it talks about an an angel of the Lord appeared to them standing at the right of the altar of incense. And this was Gabriel. If you look in verse 19, a little bit later. So Gabriel, the angel comes to them and lets them know that they're going to have a child. And the angel said to the man, do not be afraid For your petition has been heard and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will give him the name of John. And this is John the Baptist. So if you didn't know, John the Baptist is the one who's just a few months older than Christ. 
And he is actually the one who baptized Christ. So this is sort of a really good precursor for what what I'm going to be reading, but it's making a way for the Lord. It's preparing the future path that is going to be coming about. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. And Nazareth was in the middle of nowhere to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So now you're getting into familiar territory. So Mary and Joseph, the mother of Christ is Mary. And some people kind of jokingly call Joseph the stepdad (laughs) because God was his father. So, and in 31, it says, you behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. So then she says, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. So that sort of laying that foundation. Also, if you want to read it, it's real. I won't read it right now, but in Luke one verses 46 to about 55, it's pretty much Mary's song of praise, exalting the Lord and worshiping God and just praising him that she's going to have this son. And, and also on verse 67, I'm sort of skipping around, not skipping around, but going forward in 67, John's father, Zacharias was filled with the Holy spirit and prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord of God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. And as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath, which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness, righteousness before him all our days. And you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, almost done, (laughs) with which the sunrise from on high shall visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So that is setting all this up. So in chapter two, I'm going to read this and I'll probably figure out where I should stop because I could keep going and read the whole thing. If you have not read the book of Luke, pretty much you can read a chapter a day and it'll lead you all the way up to Christmas Eve. So on the first through the 24th, you can read it one chapter a day. So 
pretty much this is considered the Christmas story, chapter two of Luke. Now it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, little side note, firstborn son. Yes, Jesus did have siblings. He had brothers and talks about it other places in the Bible. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. And you hear the word manger and manger also right here is translated feeding trough (laughs) because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people for today in the city of David, there was, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. And also side note, the word Christ translates Messiah. And also in the original text, Curios is Lord. It also means God. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. And a host also uh, literally translates to army. So a heavenly army praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. And when eight days were completed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So that was Gabriel, the angel again, um, that said, His name will be called Jesus. And when the days for their purification, according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, 
a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So that's the sacrifice that was according to what was said on this occasion. That was the sacrifice they were going to give. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, thou dost let thy bondservant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with a husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, And she never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. And the child, who is Christ, continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And his parents used to go to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And I'm going to go ahead and read this because this is just a great part. I'm going to go ahead and finish out the chapter because it's so good. It talks about it when he was a young boy. So we're on verse 42, if you're following along. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. And it came about that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his state, at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had had to be in my father's house? And they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So 
I just hope that blessed you today. I just felt like that would be sort of a good thing to do is read the beginning of Christ and his birth and how that happened. And, and it's really interesting because when you look at our lives, Christian means pretty much little Christ. So if we are trying to be Christ-like, being like him is so important and just trying to live our lives like we're instructed to do. So when it says we're supposed, you know, Christ was growing in wisdom and in understanding, and we should be doing the same. And he's saying he just wanted to be back in his father's house. So that would be great if we would always want to be closer to God, um, closer to Christ, wanting to be in the word, wanting to understand more, wanting to be in church with fellow believers, wanting to be around teachers and just everything, the way it was laid out, it was such a presentation that Luke gave of how this all happened and John the Baptist coming first and Elizabeth being barren and not being able to have a child. And then later on, John the Baptist is the one who baptizes him and going into chapter three and there, you know, farther on, it goes into chapter three is about the word of God coming to John and just his words, as far as him wanting, he did not feel worthy to baptize Christ. And John was the one, the precursor telling people about Christ. He said, I baptize people with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He himself will baptize you in the Holy spirit and fire. So that is what he said. He said, no, I'm not the Christ. Cause some people thought that he was Christ. He was the, the Messiah that they've been waiting for. And when Jesus was baptized, it says the Holy spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove and a voice came out of heaven. Thou art my beloved son in thee. I am well pleased. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight into the story of Christ's birth. And many times people think that, oh, there's different translations. So there has to be different ways and different viewpoints and everything. And it's more so that a different version is readability. So one version might say some versions like the ESV and the NASB, which I read from, are closer to the original text. But for readability, you can get other versions that use more instead of some these and thous, you know, it goes into you's and me's. So it makes it easier to read. But the story and the and what happens, unless it's an offshoot of a different religion that's, you know, not Bible teaching. If you pick up a Bible pretty much anywhere in the world, it's going to have the same story and it's just going to be a little bit different as far as readability, but the content of the story doesn't change. So I just hope this motivates you. And I wanted to give you a Christmas gift. If you do not have a Bible and if you would like a Bible, if you go to the Don't Ignore the Nudge website, 
and go to the contact. If you contact me, I will provide you a Bible. So please just message me there on don'tignorethenudge.com and I will be happy, more than happy to send you a Bible. Uh, It depends on, you know, it it will probably be a very basic, you know, paper bound (laughs) Bible, but I will send you a Bible because I do want you to be able to read it if you'd like to. So I hope you enjoyed this. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Merry Christmas.